Just gotta know who we talking about, and we talking about my man Nas. Man, Nas, today is his 50th birthday, and it was only right for me to, as an enthusiast of Nas, to just sit here and break down some dope things about Nas as we celebrate his 50th birthday on his great 50th anniversary of hip hop. It only would be right that the godson himself birthday would be at this time. Um, it's so wild uh, when you think about Nas, right? His 50th birthday. And through those years, 27 summers, he's been giving us hits after hits after hits, man. Everything from the original Illmatic album, right now, to I think he on Magic 302 and King's Disease 3. And tomorrow, we dropping another King's Disease or Magic, whatever it is. That's what my man Nas does. It. And I've been such a big fan of Nas for years. Initially, I started out as a Wolf fan. Um, crazy thing is the woo is what brought me into loving my my love for hip-hop man just hearing them early stages with the with the crazy mixtapes doing their stuff over at the at Columbia University with uh, Stretch Armstrong and Bombito and from those days just hearing them on the radio I knew through my brothers and my cousins what they was I was like woo this is the group I gotta vibe with um, the funny thing is during this time in hip-hop a lot of the sounds come from the West Coast right the late 80s that you get the NWA sound, the early 90s, you get the Dre sound with this with Snoop. So you get this whole weird death row NWA killing the scene with music. And the East Coast don't really have anything to, to counter it. And when Wu came out, man, with Protection Neck, it was just a new sound, something we needed to hear. And it was the dopest music that we could have at that time. So for years, I was a big Wu fan. Um, I was too young to really appreciate Nas at the time when we was out. Um, and it was probably because Nas was just a different type of lyricist when it came to rappers. He's almost like, I know a lot of Nas style comes from Coogee Rap, but when you think about it, Nas is like a mixture at this time of a Coogee Rap, a Slick Rick, and a, a, a Rock Kemp. You got Slick Rick with the storytelling, and Koji with the storytelling, then you got lyrical God himself, the R, Rakim, and Nas is like really patterning his style a lot of those rappers. So when you hear this music that Nas is putting out, I didn't really fully understand it and fully grasp what it would be until later. And it was when I heard the I Am album. Now, I'm gonna rewind it before we get to the I Am album, which brought me into Nas and hearing all his music after that, because we wanna first start with what boy, who brought him out and how, how did Nas become the artist who, is, who he is today. So Nas, early stages, live at the barbecue, MC Search, the main source, Large Pro being as a producer, producer, DJ, they was pushing Nas stuff out. 
MC Search allowed him to be on live at the barbecue. And when you heard that last verse, Treat's disciple, my raps is trifle. I shoot slugs from my hand just like a rifle. Stampede the stage, I leave the microphone sweat. Play, play pretty totally, I'll be on some pretty tone shit. Verbal assassin, the microphone ablazing. When I was 12, I went to hell for snuffing Jesus. This is the lyrics that your boy Nas was putting out. I, I think he was around 16, 17 at that time. Nobody heard nothing. Similar to like uh, Tupac with Digital Underground. Nas went on this song with the main source, Live at the Barbecue. You heard this rapper. And then like through years, Nas would go down to... Um, he would go down to uh, DJ Stretch Armstrong and Bobito's show over at Columbia University and it was lots of things happening but when Nas put out that Illmatic album this is what really changed the game so Illmatic hands down you could argue with me you could debate with me it's the greatest rap album of all time it's like 11 or 12 tracks maybe even 10 tracks it's such a complete album and give you the raw essence of hip-hop when that album was created. Funny story is, when that album first dropped, it was bootleg crazy, right? It was probably bootleg more than 60,000 times before it even hit the streets. So Nas was already killing it, right? They was bootlegging that Illmatic album everywhere. But the wildest thing is... The first five mics that was given to him was from Miss Info. And what she said is when she put Miss Info at the time was Shorty, I, I, she was working for the source as an intern. And now she's on High 97. If you know me from New York, you know who I'm talking about. But Miss Info gave it five mics. Now, she gave it five mics. And what she said is when she put the CD, the tape, I said CD, this is 94. When she put the tape on her tape deck, she was waiting for the train. And she didn't get on any train. She sat there in front of the train, all the trains passing her, and she could not move because that album was that introspective. You got the feeling of walking through a New York street at 2 a.m. in the morning when you heard uh, New York State of Mind. And then as you go through the album, the lyricist, poetic styles of AZ first on the scene, then you get people like Q-Tip on. It's like such a dope album. Premier's producing some tracks. You got P. Rock on some. You got Large Pro on some. It's just so many artists and producers making this masterpiece of an album, right? And that's Illmatic. The funny, crazy thing about Illmatic on New York State of Mind, Nas does that in one take. When you listen to the song, he says that. He says, I don't even know how I'm going to start this shit. And he just starts. He just raps. Like, it's such a dope concept. Um, another cool, crazy story is when you listen to the trumpets on um, on um, Life's a Bitch with AZ, that's Nas's father doing the trumpet. So it's lots of these crazy stories happening with Illmatic, but hands down, the golden age of hip-hop, Illmatic had to be one of the greatest albums, and to this day, still one of the dopest albums that ever be put out by Nas, or any rapper as that case. So we got Illmatic coming out the gate, and I didn't really get to fully understand what Illmatic did for us when it came to hip-hop until I was older, right? I remember the first time I heard Illmatic. Now, this is the craziest story. I was the first rap album I ever bought with my own money at a record store, right? I think it was The Wiz. And if my memory is correct, I probably bought a single, because everybody was rappers back in the day. I probably, I think I bought a single of um, Puffy and Mace, uh, Can't Nobody Hold Me Down, you know, but I don't 
think I fully bought an album, a real tape of an album, until I bought the I Am album by Nas. Now, prior to that year, I heard lots of hip hop. My brother said hip, they had mixtapes, they had tapes there all the time. You was getting mixtapes from school, you was getting bootlegs, you were getting all types of stuff. And I was young, I probably was in about maybe fourth or fifth grade when I Am dropped. Now, when I first heard I Am, the intro to I Am was Nas's verse, not all Nas's songs in the beginning of the song. So I'm hearing it and I'm like, yo, what the fuck is this? It was just a different level of rap I never heard before. I I, I, I heard so, like one song, I was like, yo, these songs, it's like, I know I've heard this and I probably heard this in passing, but the lyrical callus of it ain't hard to tell going to uh, represent, going to New York State of my, all these songs that's going through all his, his, his albums from Illmatic to It Was Written and it was just like all these, it was a mashup of all these songs and I was so, I was so like influenced by the music. I was like, yo, I never felt this way about a rapper before, right? The last time I felt this way was like when, when I first heard Wu and I was like, yo, this artist, I gotta find his music. I knew who he was, but I didn't know how dope he was, right? And I get this I Am album. Now, funny story about that I Am album, right? And Nas can talk about this. He, he said it lots of times. But the first I Am album, I had to book. I bought the I Am album. But when I was listening to the I Am album, I would see people like, yo, this I Am album dope. And people would be like, yo, yo, you, got, you ain't got the right album. So I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, bro, this album is the one I got. And funny thing is, that it was bootlegged so much that... I think it was bootlegged, uh, it was supposed to have skits on the album, but because when Nas was putting the skits on the album, somebody walked into the studio with the bootleg of the album, and they really fucked up the mass production of that album, because this to me one of the dopest Nas albums of all time. So when you heard it, I heard all these tracks off the bootleg version that wasn't on a regular version. Like Papa was a player and songs like that. Now the crazy thing is, Later years down the line, he puts out the Lost Tapes and he gives you those unreleased tracks. That was, a lot of those was on the I Am album. And at the time, I didn't know. I'm just like, oh, I got the dope album because this was album was just on fire, right? Every track on that from New York State of My Part 2 to you got songs like uh, uh, Life's a Bitch, man. Uh, not Life's a Bitch, uh, uh, Money's My Bitch. Then you got songs like... Um, Undying Love, crazy storytelling song. Just so many dope songs on this album, right? But the one song on that album was, that was the one that really caught me to really appreciate Nas for the artist who he is was Nas is like, man. Nas is like had to be one of these songs in the transcending of me as a hip-hop enthusiast, diehard fan. When I heard Nas is like and I had to memorize every lyric. I was like, I wrote the lyrics before, for all y'all cats out here, the internet wasn't around a lot. So, the internet came out in 95. Nas, Illmatic, I am probably 96, right? 97, I can't remember the year. The internet was like two years old. So to get music, you had to literally, literally write the lyrics. Now, I wrote every rap lyric Nas said in that song so I could memorize them because that's how dope the song was and the crazy thing is well, it, it, Nas is like is he never curses 
Ed was like, I never heard that. And the funny thing is, when you listen to J. Cole, um, I think it's uh, J. Cole's second album, uh, Born Sinner, and he does Let Nas Down, he says the, the intro to I Am, right? The two uh, Nas is like. And when you hear him, you're like, yo, I know that the way Cole did it is the same way I felt when I heard it. Nas is like it was just such a dope understanding of who Nas is as an artist. So if you get a chance, definitely listen to Nas is like, and you so you can fully understand what I'm what I felt when I first heard that song. So produced by Premier, another one of these classic songs. So many songs through Nas' career got produced by Premier, one of the greatest producers of all time. So when we think about it, right? We go down, we can go down a list of like all the things that made Nas who he is as an individual to his stuff he's doing with Mass Appeal to putting everybody on Hennessy back in the day to like making songs for the children doing everything but one thing about Nas I'll say more than anything is this dude was a creative by all means think about it right Nas's first album Illmatic he was a baby on the cover Nas's second album it was written he was a man Nas's third album Nostradamus he was a he was a pharaoh and Nas's fourth album no Nas's third album I am he was a pharaoh and Nas's fourth album Nostradamus he was a prophet now if we follow it you hear it he was already predicting when he was going to be in the future right since Illmatic it was written I am Nostradamus it was written I am Nostradamus he was telling y'all like not only am I'm going to write I'm going to make the album titles of my album follow a sentence, I'm also going to kill myself off and be reborn born into God's son. So Nas, the version of Nas we're getting now is the reincarnated version of who he was after he became the prophet off of Nostradamus album. And then after that, you got Stillmatic, he starts over, you got God's son, you got Lost Disciples, you can go down a list of the albums. But in just the beginning of Nas's career, he already knew who he was from the door. Nobody ever had to come out and said Nas was underrated. Nas through the gate, people was looking at him and saying Nas is the next coming of rock. Nas is one of the greatest. His first album drops the greatest rap albums of all time. You know what I mean? So these are the things that your boy Nas has brought to us. And man, on the 50th anniversary of hip hop, it's 50th. It's the only right we can do give you these cool tablets about my man Nas because it's so much music has put out throughout the years. Now, I always say this about your boy. Um, I was always about roundness where people would say things about Nas. Yo, Nas can't make a record. Nas can't, he can't really make a song for the club. And that's not what we came listening to Nas, man. Nas is lyrical. It's a lyrical callus. I remember um, doing the J in Nas beef, right? And for a long time, the truth be told, people wasn't really fucking with J like that, right? You go back around the way, people would argue about, yo, Jay. And I know Jay did it on uh, Where I'm From, who's the best MCs, Biggie, Jay-Z, and Nas. But it was never really a conversation about not Jay, Jay being in that conversation. We really was more like, and this is my boys and shit. Everybody was really Bob Deep heavy, Onyx heavy, Nas heavy, all the boot camp stuff. The Woo heavy. So these were the artists, and those artists sound the same. Now, Jay not taking nothing from them. Jay was spitting about getting money, and that's what made people 
really lean towards him. That's why he where he at now. But at that time in the nineties, Jay was not really like people was looking for Biggie. People was looking for like brand ghosts. Like this is who they was looking for. So when when you think about it, during that time after the battle came out with Nas and, and, and Jay, there was a lot of misfeel mixed feelings about who you was leaning towards. Now I'm a Nas fan. As I grew older, I respected Jay who he was as an artist, man, as a businessman. Like, yo, he's my, he's my, like, my spirit animal, right? But I've always been a Nas fan. Like, Nas bar for bar. Nas put out a new album I'm listening to, it, and that's what I enjoyed about hip-hop. The boom-bap style. The style that KRS-One says. That music that's for, for, the, like, for the folk. Like, the music that's coming from the gutter. That boom-bap. That's what I was always built on, and that's what I saw Nas had. Nas was in... He was a pure lyricist giving you pure lyrical content. Now, throughout the years, I've learned to change on like different artists, but Nas was the one that allowed us to really sit down and understand what these lyrics can do. The only other artist we got close enough to seeing that was somebody like Rakim as when he came first in the game. So when we see Nas do what he's done, like even through the ether stuff, you you notice that it was a shifting of the guards. So somebody nobody ever tested Nas. And when Hov came out and tested Nas, we, we saw who Nas was as an artist. He does one of the greatest rap disses of all time. You ain't get a check if you don't get a chance, check out my uh fifty greatest diss track, track records of all time. I'm gonna break down all the diss tracks, but that ether, right? When Nas put that out, man, I remember I was in high school. I was in class, this girl in my class hits me up and she's like, yo, rest in peace, Christina. She hits me up and was like, yo, Jay, I know you heard Flex last night. He dropped like a million bombs on his ether. And I'm like, yo, what's ether? And she's like, yo, Nas got a response to TakeOver. And when I went back home that night to hear Flex play it, I was like, I lost it because it was so real of a dish. I never heard a diss song like that. The last time I got chills on a diss song at that time was probably like seeing the, the, the cannabis and LL diss, and then also like you can get older, you can get like like on the East Coast like the the, the KRS One and MC Shan diss. But when you heard that ether, it was a proven fact that Nas was like Nah, bro, and he was going through things with his mom passing. So. It was so much that came out of that ether. And the funny thing is ether was originally produced by Swiss before they gave it to, uh, I think, Ron Browse did this shit. So when you hear, when you thought about ether, you heard all the disses that was happening at the time, man. From Jada Beans, the whole state property, the rock, the dip set with Nas. Like, it was a whole bunch of stuff going. But when ether dropped, it was like shut everything down. Never no diss track after that. It was just one diss over. He put that ether out. It was just changed the game. Now, that's off of that Stillmatic album. Classic album. Two albums dropped that year. 2001. Um... 9-11, Jay dropped his album, it was crazy. Um, but then that ETH, that, that Stillmatic dropped later that year. And that, those two songs, those two albums from these two artists changed the game forever, man. These are two of the greatest albums to ever be dropped. Um, and I drew every track for both of those albums. Enough respect to what Hov did on his, but no, you couldn't touch that Stillmatic. So we look at like what Nas did with from with Ether to what he's done from Illmatic to how he did Godsons to the Lost Disciples to just so many 
dope albums Nas put out, but nothing to me really showed Nas the true essence of who Nas is until he started dropping his mixtapes with Hit Boy. It was like a breath of fresh air. See, these are the things that I really enjoy about hip hop. Nas was never on a downturn. That's the one thing you can't say about Nas, right? He's never been, he never falls off. Nas is pure. He gets better with time. His lyrics age like wine. He's such an articulate and introspective rapper. He knows how to flow into the track, flow out of the tracks. He knows how to give you the charisma. He knows how to give you breaks. He knows how to know where the bridge hits to give you, to give you the, the, the style that you want to hear from the, the introspective essence of what a hip-hop artist is supposed to do. Have all of the great skill sets and metaphors, similes, alliteration, just knowing how to have a complete song and tell you a story the way Nas does, man. This is who Nas is. And from his early stuff giving personification songs, like, uh, like, uh, like, like uh, lifestyle, like money's my my bitch. To give you songs like um, I gave you power to the song he talks about. He's a roach. These are the songs like Nas can personify stuff. Then he gives you great storytelling. He does the rewind song, which rewinds. There's a whole song that's backwards to forward. So this is who Nas was. Very creative, introspective artist. But when he teamed up with Hit Boy, it's where everybody that thought. They, Nas was missing something when it came to the right producer to make his music. This is what Hit Boy did. Now, through years, Nas has done songs with some of the greatest producers, right? But what Hit Boy did for him is give you a constant style, constant flow. Hit Boy, one of the top best best producers coming out of the West Coast. He's been done so many songs for so many different artists. Um, coming to that good music sound with, with Kanye early in his career. But Hit Boy, when he teamed up with Nas, you you heard these songs that he created on these King's Disease albums. And it was like, yo, to this day, I don't even know which King's Disease is better. That's how crazy it is, right? The King's Disease 1 comes out, you're like, yo, that King's Disease 1 is fire. The King's Disease 2 comes out, you're like, oh shit, did you hear 27 uh, Summers? That shit crazy. The King's Disease 3 comes out, what the fuck? This shit is even hard. It's such a dope concept, and at the same time, he's doing another creative things we never seen an artist do before, right? He's giving you three consecutive al uh, albums under one name, and he's giving you another th consecutive un under another name called Magic. So, you're getting Magic and King's Disease at the same time, two times a year. It's just... And you know you're gonna be so so hyped to hear it. Like I'm, it's dropping at midnight, and I can't really wait. Um, and this is the stuff that I'm telling you that you gotta definitely listen to, man. Um, from everything, man. As this album drops tonight, I just go out of your way, check it out, cause this is who your boy Nas is gonna do. I'm gonna drop my 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 podcast the same time we drop his album, just cause so I know, cause everybody out here is gonna be talking crazy about this album the way I'm talking about it. So. For everything, man. Um, just this is a, this is the day we're gonna pay homage to your boy Nas on his 50th birthday, bro. I'm, I'm gonna just think about it, like all the cool facts about Nas, man. From he was supposed to be on the Miseducation of Lauren Hill, but then she, he kept showing up late. Like this is like, could you imagine Nas on the Miseducation of Lauren Hill? Like crazy stuff, man. Um, a Godson album. It was supposed to be an album where he dissed every rapper. 
that would have been wild. The whole album just dissing everybody. That would have been a crazy thing, but he decided to scratch it. So it's like tons of stuff. He's the mass mass appeal, puts out some of the best documentaries. He's over mass appeal. Like, just think about that stuff, man. Nas is so deep into the Bitcoin crypto world and technology. He's he's investing everything, man. So this is the like the crazy things that your boy Nas is doing now. He got courses, I think, at Columbia. Where they're teaching classes of his his stuff and his information, even the fellowships he's doing out in like Nigeria. Like this is who Nas is as an artist, man. And um and everything you gotta think about, right? Who this dude is, the music he's put out gave us twenty seven summers of classics. Um, so it was only right for this podcast today to give you all these dope aspects of Nas and who Nas is and what Nas meant to me. Um, I hope you enjoy this podcast. Definitely check it out. And at mid- 9 o'clock, I think East Coast time, go get that Nas. I think it's going to be Magic 3 or it's going to be Case Disease 3. Whatever one it is, it's the final finale of this, man. I'm so sad he's leaving. Um, but yeah, I think he's going to be giving us more music. I think he's just going to be ending these, these compilations he's doing with the whole hit boy stuff. But Yo, as always, man, definitely check out our podcast every Thursday. We'll be dropping all types of facts on music. And yo, peace.